0: To get to follow that up. Not that it's going to be any, any better, but I'm just saying that was awesome. A um, couple of weeks ago, uh, well, probably a couple of months ago, Johnny told me, he said, um, you're going to have your opportunity to speak in front of big church. You're going to have your opportunity to to preach. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's no problem. And uh, we settled on the 14th, which was, which is going to be next week. And then, um, Brother Jay was going to speak today, but because of all his back problems, Johnny told me last week, it was probably, I want to say it was last Sunday, that he said, oh, by the way, you're going to do it this next Sunday, so I was like, oh, good, all right, and I went on vacation, I went to go up to uh, a youth pastors conference while I was up there, and uh, the whole time I'm just nervous, I'm just nervous. In fact, I've been up since 3 o'clock this morning, just because I couldn't sleep last night, Uh, just because I was so nervous, because it's one thing to talk in front of youth, you know, because you can get away with some stuff, you can say some goofball stuff to the students, because they never go home and tell their parents anyway you know? But now that I'm in front of the parents, I just hope I don't lose my job and say something (laughs) bad. So, um, you know, and and just struggling with what exactly I'm going to talk about. um, I kept going back and forth about what it is I I, I felt like the Lord wanted me to say. And um, a couple of weeks ago, probably about three weeks ago, I gave this message to the students. And, um, you know, I felt like I poured my heart into this message. I felt like, It was a message that uh, God spoke to me uh, just pretty thoroughly about it. And um, he just kept bringing it back up to my mind every time I I would think about what it is I was going to talk about. It'd be different if Johnny said, hey, Mike, I want you to study and I want you to talk about this, you know, uh, to go along with this series. But no, he just said, talk about what you want to talk about. All right. (sighs) So I I just landed back on this. And so... um, Frank texted me earlier this week and he said, hey, Mike, I need to know your sermon title. I need to know so we can post it and everything. And so I sent it to him and he came back and he sent, it, sent me a message back and he says, really? That's what you're calling it? Yes, that's what I'm going to call it. And if you look in your worship guide, you'll see that the title of that is, you're so immature. And you got to say it the right way. You can't just say, you're so immature. you got to go like this. And this is the way that it was told to me. you got to go, you're so immature, right? And that's the way that I remember it in my mind, hearing it from some uh, older teenage girls that were in my youth group when I was growing up. And they told me this. See, I was short and hyper, just like now. And... Um, <laughs> I, 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 but in the seventh grade, I was way more hyper and I was bouncing off the walls and they called me a little fireball and I was just excited and goofy and my friends and my buddies and I, we we were playing with squirt guns, you know, at some youth event and we shot one of the older girls and she said, you guys are so immature. And it stuck with me and it hung over me and it stayed with me for a long, long time. So that's, that's kind of what I titled uh, today's uh, message. Um, you know, I feel like I'm always following in Johnny's shoes, and he's great pair of shoes to follow in. I'm telling you, the man was a youth pastor here for 14 years. He stepped up to become our senior pastor. I was honored and privileged um, that uh, God opened up doors when he did and allowed me to step in this last April and uh, become the student pastor here. And uh, that was exciting. That was an amazing moment in, in the life of my family. And uh, the privilege and the honor to come and, and speak to you um, is, just, is just amazing and fantastic. And um, Johnny is just an amazing pastor. He, he really is. And um, I heard this thing a couple of weeks ago. Uh, there was this pastor by the name of Adrian Rogers, and many of you guys know who this guy is. He was an amazing pastor who, who, who passed away a couple of years ago. But the man spoke to thousands of people, led millions of people to Christ. It was incredible. The guy was just phenomenal. He's fantastic. But he tells this story once about how one morning he is sitting at the breakfast table and he's talking to his wife. And he says to his wife, who was kind of his counterpart, she kind of, she kind of leveled him out when he got a little, little too big. Um, he said, he said, honey how many great pastors do you think are out there? And she thought for a minute, and she said, probably one less than you do. I don't know what it is about me telling jokes and nobody gets it. (laughs) For real. Like, she said one less than you do, thinking he's arrogant and he's thinking he's a great pastor, and she's like, no, you're not. Okay. Um, (laughs) Note to self, don't tell jokes. Okay. So, um... Talking about immaturity here. Um, scripture has a lot to say about immaturity. I mean, a lot. More than I ever thought. As I started studying, as I started going through this, um, I mean, I came across verse after verse after verse about immaturity, you know. Uh, when I was a child, I walked like a child, I talked like a child, but when I became a man, I put those childish things away. Paul wrote about maturity in our spiritual belief a lot, quite often. And uh, I want to read to you guys um, something he wrote to the Corinthian church. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to give you guys a, a, a minute or two to look this up, okay? This is First Corinthians. Um, something Johnny does, I don't know, Is it me or does anybody else feel this way? Johnny'll go. OK, turn to Romans. Uh, chapter four. okay, let's go. And then he's right into it, and I 'm still flipping through pages, going, "Hold on, and by the time I find it, he's already done, right? So I'll give you guys a few minutes. So First uh, Corinthians, I'm going to be in chapter two. So um, just tell me when you're ready. Ready? Okay, here we go. All right, we're going to be in chapter two. Um, I'm going to start in verse 10. So this First Corinthians. Chapter 2, verse 10. Here we go. These are the things that God revealed to us by the Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught to us by human wisdom, but in words taught to us by the Spirit, explaining spiritual uh, realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolish. and cannot understand them because they are They are discerned only through the Spirit. Now, jump with me down to uh, go to chapter 3. In the first verse in chapter 3, it says, Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were still not ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. So this has a lot to say about maturity. Now, um, theologians have kind of described these three different people that you're going to find here in the scripture. There's three different types of people that are described in the scripture. And in fact, we all fall into one of them. Okay, so we've got these three chairs up here and... Each one of these types of people sit in one of these different chairs here. And in our growth of maturity, in our spiritual walk, in our desire to get from point A to point B, we've got to figure out first where we are. It's like going to the mall, right? You go to the mall, you stand in front of the kiosk. You look at this big map, right, all these colored squares. Okay, that's level one, that's level two. Here we go. We got a list of all the numbers, squares down at the bottom. And the first thing you look for when you look at a map like that is what? You are here, here, right? A little circle, a little star. Okay, that's where I'm at. I need to go here. And you plot your course, right? You first need to know where you're at. So you're right here. You're in one of these three chairs. So today you have an opportunity to see exactly where you're at in your growth, in your maturity level with Christ. So so listen and figure out where you're at because this is really interesting. This is eye-opening. So Paul describes um, these three different positions, right? These three different people. And the first one we're going to talk about is natural man. Okay, theologians describe this person as natural man. Okay? Natural man sits over here. Natural man has zero growth. Zero, none, absolutely none. See, this person right here does not know who Jesus is. They don't know who he is. They have no growth. Just like you would take a radio, and if I had this radio and I set it up and I put it here in the middle of this room, and I pulled the antenna up and I turned the volume all the way up, you still wouldn't hear anything. Now, believe it or not, there's music all throughout this room right now in the form of radio waves. We can't tune them in. We can't pick them up until we get the right kind of receiver, and we still can't hear it until we turn the power on. Until we flip that switch, until there is an activation, we can't receive what's out there. In the same way, natural man sits here and he doesn't understand the ways of God. He doesn't understand Christians. He doesn't understand believers. In fact, look what it says in verse 14. It says, he considers them to be foolish, this person does not accept the things that come from the spirit, but considers them foolish and cannot understand them because they're only discerned by the spirit. This person doesn't have the spirit. There is no growth. They are worldly. They live by the world. They live by their feelings they feel this, they feel that, and with their heart, they, they get it. And, oh, I feel this, and today I feel that. And they live in that world of me, 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 and what can I get for me, and what can I live for today? And if it doesn't suit my fancy or fit inside the box that I believe it should be in, then I don't believe in it, and I think it's foolish, and I think it's dumb. And they live here in this, this world of theirs. They're non-believers. These are the lost that we pray for. These are the people that don't know Jesus. Our second group. This is the saddest group of them all. The person who sits here, we're going to call him carnal man. Carnal it means fleshly, flesh carnal. The person who sits here, well, this is where most of us sit, actually, is here in the seat. Your tuner has been turned on. Maybe there's a time in your life where you came to know Jesus, where you accepted him as your Lord and Savior. And you were activated. That flip was turned on and now you're receiving the things of God, but it stopped right there. It stopped. Your growth is stunted. Your growth is limited. Your growth is minimal. No growth, little growth towards maturity. See, carnal man has one foot in both worlds. They've accepted Jesus and, 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 and want to follow him and live by him, and yet the other foot is still in the world. They love the things of the world. When everybody's looking, oh, I'm over here. When no one's looking, they live in this world over here. And in fact, it's this chair, not that chair, it's this chair right here, that leads more people away from Christ than anyone. It's because natural man over here looks and he says, hey, this guy right here, he looks just like me. He acts just like me. He talks. He walks. He does everything I do. He likes the same things. He speaks the same way. Yet, why should I put any form of commitment whatsoever into God when this person doesn't even take it seriously? I'm looking for something to fulfill my life, and this person claims he has it, but they live and they walk and they talk and they act just like me. Why would I put any commitment into this and have this moral uh, compass that's going to make me feel guilty for doing the things that, that I still like to do. Why, why would I do that? And most of us live right here. You see, most, most people they 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 are part of a ministry. They don't have a ministry. I go to church. I I'm involved in Sunday school, and when the church has an event, I, I do the, the, the church thing. When, when somebody says, hey, we need a volunteer, I'll, yeah, I'll volunteer sometimes, okay, but I'm not going to lead it. Don't ask me to pray in front of people. Don't ask me to step out on faith. Don't ask me to put any form of commitment or really get involved in anything. I, I'm okay right here. I, I'm comfortable hanging out in the background. I don't don't want to do any more than I'm right here. I'm I'm good. And see, Scripture even talks about this person. In chapter 3, it says right here, it says, Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly. Still worldly. There's been that change, but you're still part of that world. You are mere infants in Christ You're not ready for the milk. You're not ready for the meat. Or you have the milk, you're not ready for the meat. You are a milk drinker. Jesus loves me, this I know, and, and that's all I know, and that's about as comfortable as I'm good going. I'm okay with being okay. This is carnal man. If it makes me feel good, I'll do it. If it makes me get out of my box, forget it. <clears throat> then over here you got spirit man. This is the position we all strive to reach. This person knows Jesus. This person loves Jesus. This person is in tune with the spirit. When the Lord speaks, this person listens. They're not only listen, but they do. In the book of James, he talks about this. He says, don't just be hearers of the word, be doers of the word. This guy goes, I just like to come to church and listen. This guy says, I'm going to come to church and not only listen, but I'm going to do. I'm going to do. I'm going to step out on faith and do and be a part of the church because this guy, he's a disciple He's not only a disciple, but he's a disciple who makes disciples. This guy multiplies himself. You see, in the growth of of any person from infancy to maturity as an adult, we do this. We're either fed by others, we learn to feed ourselves, and then we learn to feed others. And that's what this person does. This person, he needs to be fed. Their switch needs to be activated. They can't feed themselves. This person over here, well, I'm learning to feed myself. I'm learning to grow. I'm learning to get more. And this person says, you know what? God calls me to go. In Matthew, the Great Commission, God calls me to go and... I'm not content with just being fed or learning to feed myself. I want to feed others. I want to multiply myself. He asks, how much can I give, not how much is this going to cost me? They have a heart broken for the lost, for natural man. Their heart breaks over the fact that that man over there does not know Jesus. This person constantly is in the word. This person can handle the meat and the deeper concepts of God's word. And he puts others first. He has a hunger for godly things. So in our walk, we have to figure out which position we're in. In our growth and maturity, most of us get to this point right here, and they encounter a maturity roadblock. Something that happened in their life, something that is occurring currently, something that's going on that is a reference point for everything that comes after it. Maybe they were hurt by a relationship and they decided, I don't need this Christian thing and they're still holding on to pain and anguish that's keeping them from stepping over here in the sea. Maybe it's that relationship, maybe it's a, a, a a lack of knowledge. Well, Mike, I just don't know enough to, to teach the gospel or feed other people. I just don't know enough. And you still sit in the seat and you don't do anything about it. Maybe it's a fear. I, I just don't want to stand up in front of people and pray and I just don't want to lead people and I don't think I have it in me. There's that fear there that Satan is constantly whispering in their ear. Maybe it's 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 a lack of time, a lack of self-discipline that says, I just don't want to get up in the morning and I don't want to I don't want to do my quiet time and I just don't have the time and I just uh, 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 and and you have this butt that hangs in front of you and we all have big butts yeah I said that from the stage (laughs) we all got a big butt that keeps us from moving from maturing this maturity roadblock stops us what is your maturity roadblock No, I'm asking, what is your maturity roadblock? Ask yourself that. Is it self-discipline? Is it lack of time? Is it lack of knowledge? Is it fear? Is it unforgiveness? What is it that keeps you from moving over here? I'll tell you, this is how you get from that chair to this chair right here. Number one, you deal with the issue. Whatever it is, you stop being complacent and okay with just sitting in this seat. You stop being okay with being okay. God didn't make you to be okay. He didn't say, hey, I want you to get this far and go no further and hey, all right. No, he said, I created you with a purpose and a plan to reach others. And you're happy with just sitting here. You deal with the issue. If it's forgiveness, go to that person and ask for forgiveness. If you need to forgive somebody, forgive them. If you need to say, hey, you know what? Mm, I have not been getting up. I have not been putting my time. I have not been reading God's word. I have not done it. Do something about it. Change. See, because if we don't face the problem, then we can't do step number two, which is Change the priority. What is your priority? Are you comfortable with sitting in this or do you really want to do this? What's your priority? What do you want? Do you want to stay in this seat forever or do you want to move on and be in in God's presence and understand who he is and really get the fullness and the richness of what God has planned for you and what God has, has laid out before your life to really experience who God is and what he's made you to do to really fulfill what God has planned for you. Or do you want to just sit here and be okay? What is your priority? What's stopping you? That spiritual maturity roadblock. Deal with the issue. Change your priority. And then number three, trust God's sovereignty in the whole thing. Trust that God knows what he's doing. Because if you want to go from this seat to this seat right here and be spiritual man, don't you think God wants you to do that? Don't you think he wants to open up doors and allow stuff to happen and allow healing with that whatever it is that you're going through? Don't you think God wants to allow that to happen? And if we trust Him and trust Him and say, "Okay, God, here we go. I'm stepping out of faith. I'm stepping out. I'm going go from this seat to this seat." Don't you wait for that to happen, guys? I am sick of sitting in this seat. I don't want to sit in it anymore. I don't want to be okay with being okay. I don't want to be complacent to stay here. And I'll tell you how God feels about it. If you have your Bible, flip over to the scary book, Revelation. (laughs) It's really not scary if you understand it. If you're in Revelation, go to chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. It's the last book in the Bible. Easy to find. It's before the index. Chapter 3, verse 15. John writes about his conversation with the Lord. and He says, the Lord said, I know your deeds... That you are neither cold nor hot, but you are lukewarm. And because of this, I want to spew you out of my mouth. tired of living in that seat. I'm tired of being okay with being okay. And my priority has got to change, and I've got to step out in faith. And i got to say, enough's enough. Where are you at today? Were you sitting in this chair too? Maybe you were in this chair. Maybe, maybe today is the day you need to flip your switch and activate it. Maybe today is the first time that you need to say, you know what, Jesus, I want to start this journey with you because I, I don't like where I'm at, and I need to mature. We go from zero growth, stunted growth, to full growth. And I want to make my journey there. This is a process called sanctification. This is growing into the fullness of God, becoming more like him. Without it, it brings death. See, to be born once is to die twice. To be born twice is to die once. Chew on that. Where are you at? Where are you? Because if you're like me, you've been sitting in the seat far too long. If you're like me, you're tired of sitting in that seat. And there needs to be a moment where you change your priority, you deal with the roadblocks that's keeping you from coming over here and you say, today's the day I need to make that change. Whether that's coming to know Jesus in the first place. Whether that's saying, God, I have all these issues in my life I need to give over to you. And I'm sick and tired of ha- hanging on to them. Today's the day I'm going to give them up. The fear, the lack of knowledge, the lack of self-discipline, whatever it is. Whatever your spiritual maturity roadblock is, God, I give it over to you. Today is the day. Stop holding on to that. Guys, this is a marker in your road right here. To choose to ignore this, to choose to ignore, to move forward in your relationship with God is a choice that you're making. You either choose to do it, and if you choose not to do it, you're still making a choice. Make today that day. I'm going to pray for us. And if you are sick and tired of sitting in this seat, and you're honest enough, honest enough to say, I've been in the seat, today's that day to step forward, come up to this altar, and give it to him. Lay it down up here. If this is the first time you've heard this, this is the first time that you've understood something, and you say, God, I want to give my life to you. I've never made that personal commitment. Jesus says, follow me. Today's that day to follow him. Frank and I are going to be up here. Donnie's going to be up here playing. Make that make today that day. Change your priorities and make that happen. Let me pray for us.